good to help out the pastor this morning as he was away. <clears throat> and I studied on this subject for a while. As I said earlier, I asked questions about this at work when I tell you what this subject is. And you all see the faces that I get. And uh, I'm glad to have this opportunity. And uh, I pray the Lord uh, lead us and guide us and direct us in his word. And uh, the subject, we all know, probably heard many times, is on hell. You say, what kind of... It's not a popular subject. A lot of people don't want to talk about it. All they want to talk about, I'm going to heaven, got it made. You know, even you hear lost people talk about, I'm going to heaven, like... You know, if I have no problem doing it, I'm going to go. And um, but it says here, <laughs> it's the most unpopular subject. Even 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 a lot of preachers don't like preaching on it because they're afraid they're going to run people off or whatever. You know, it could be. But the Bible has a lot to say about it. But the word hell is used thousands, you know, thousands of times in conversations. Where I work at, that's all you hear. All I mean, they've told me, you know, and you know, and uh, you hear it in the swearing and, and all the other vulgar language that I hear every day. Uh, uh, you know, a lot of people describe it, you know, their life. They say their life is hell. You know, uh, you hear a lot of that comment and stuff, you know. But, you know, you think if people really understand what really hell is, I think it would change their mind, you know, about it, how, what they're saying, because they don't believe there's a real hell. They don't believe that. They think it's just, oh, uh, it's just mentioning, well, it's mentioned in the Bible, it's just a story about a place called hell. But uh, but it's it's for real, and it's a real place. Uh, you know, the Bible tells us about the love of God and the beauties of heaven, but it also tells us about the judgment in hell. You know, there's there's always two sides to that, but Christ spoke about hell a lot. Uh, and to and to start out with a few scriptures, we're going to go into uh, the book of Matthew. I'm just showing you in different places here what Christ has shown. The book of Matthew, chapter 10, and I got probably several scriptures here, so just bear with me. If you would like to follow along, you can. Uh, Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, he said, I am fear not them that which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him that which is able to destroy body, both body or soul and body in hell. You know, you hear a lot of people says, you know, about, about hell, you know, I'll, if I die, because I asked, you know, a, a person, you know, I said, what do you think about hell? Do you believe there's a hell? And he looked at me, he said, oh, it's just a fairy tale. And I was like, well, I can show you from God's Word. He said, well, I don't believe that Bible. I don't believe it. He said, there ain't nothing. It's just a bunch of stories about a bunch of old men that told a bunch of stories. You know, you, and I said, uh, I said, well, just sit and think. Just take what I just said. What if there is a real hell? There is a place. What, would, what do you think about it? He said, well, if I die and go to hell, I'll just... We'll just have a big old party. We'll just have a great time, you know, with all my rowdy friends and all this stuff. You know, that's all you hear. And uh, and I, I show them from God's Word, you know, it's like, you know, if you just get a just a glimpse of what hell really is, I think you would change your mind. And today I'm going to try to show you a few points 
uh, this morning. And the book uh, over here in uh, Matthew chapter 25, verse 41, kind of uh, leads you up to it here. Uh, Matthew chapter 25, verse 41. Then shall he say unto, unto them, on the left hand, depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devils and his angels. And that's what it was prepared for to start with. But when sin started entering through Adam, we began to fall because of Adam's total depravity and, and, and how life goes out, that we needed a Savior. But any other words, you know, other words for hell is Hades, Gehenna, and uh, there's a couple other ones. Uh, hell is a real place, and it is a, is a enlarge and enlarge itself. And if you b- go to the book of Isaiah, and I didn't know it, the scripture was there. I guess maybe I just overlooked it. Maybe I just wasn't ready for it. But uh, I know I've heard it preached about. But here in Isaiah chapter 5, in verse 4, uh, maybe it's the wrong scripture. Take my Give me a second here, I'll try to find it here. Well, I wrote the scripture down wrong. So, anyways, it's in the book of Isaiah that how God enlarged it. And here in the book, uh, go over in the book of Proverbs, chapter twenty-seven. Proverbs chapter twenty-seven. Proverbs chapter twenty-seven, and verse twenty. Hell and destruction are never full, so the eyes of man are never satisfied. But you know, hell and destruction are never full, and it's never going to fill up. Because God enlarged it, you know, it was for the devil and his angels, plus he enlarged hell in the book of Isaiah, which I wrote the scripture down wrong. But anyways, we're going to get to the point here is, what is hell? Hell is a vengeance of God. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and beginning with verse 8. In flaming fire take vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. I mean, those two scriptures right there are pretty self-explanatory what will happen if you die without Christ and enter hell. You're going to be totally separated from God and His vengeance is going to be the punishment. He says here in verse 8, In flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, and that not, because why? They obey not the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we, we see people, and I believe there's people dying every day without Christ, in, entering hell. And hell's a real place. 
And that's why, you know, I always ask God to give me opportunities to witness somebody. And you say, well, you witnessed him. Well, that's, that's God's business. He's in the saving business, not me. All I did was to share the Word of God with them, to, to tell them about my Christ, my, my Lord, my Savior, what He done for me, that He can do for you to escape this total uh, destruction, uh, being punished in this flaming fire. Because it's total separation from God. Hell is not a party. You know, I've heard people say, uh, and I mentioned about party, I heard one tell me about a cookout, and I'm like, I'm like, where do y'all come up with this stuff? You know, and I don't know if they're just saying it just to aggravate me, and it's probably what they're trying to do, which ain't hurt my feelings. Uh, so it is a punishment of God of those who reject Christ. You know, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. And it's so easy to be saved. You know, uh, you say, well, I can't do it. I can't hold out. I can't. Uh, I can't live the life. I can't live the life either. I, I've messed up every day. But I got to depend upon God every day. What He's got in store for me today, you know, uh, you know, whatever His grace is sufficient for today, I, I can deal with today. That's all I can do. I can't worry about tomorrow. I can't help what happened in the past. But today, today is the day of salvation, and that's what we uh, try to push, uh, try to uh, witness to those. A lot of people say I'm not ready to hear it. Uh, uh, or they'll say, I'm working my way to heaven. Uh, and I have a problem. Well, I have a problem. I, 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 I talk to people, you know, they say, well, I believe in God. You know, the devils also believe in God. And they tremble. But you don't have no idea what you're saying. Well, I believe in God, but you don't have to do anything. You don't do anything. Can God save you? Yes, He can save you outside of the church. But if God saved you, you will want to learn more of Him. You want to become one of the local body of uh, the local church. You want, you know, scripturally baptized and brought into the store, uh, into the church of God, or church of God uh, in, the, in the church, and to learn more of Him. You know, but I hear people, you know, and I, I, and I got a brother and I love him to death. He said, well, I believe in God. That's good enough. Everybody can believe in God. You know, they say, well, I believe in God, but... But if you don't, I don't think, you know, he really knows who God is. You know, and I've shared a word with him, and, you know, and a lot of times he says, yeah, I believe what you believe. I can tell you a lie, and you're going to believe me? You know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just getting to the point. But anyway, what is hell like? Well, the average person doesn't have a clue what, what hell really is. Hell is a place of darkness. In Second Peter chapter 2, it's total darkness. Second Peter chapter two. Second Peter chapter two, verse four. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, and by these ye might be partakers of the divine, and have having escaped the corruption, corruption that is in the world through lust, and beside this giving all diligence. Uh, I'm in the right book. Well, I tell you, my eyes are playing tricks on me today. Make sure I didn't write it down. Anyway, I wrote that scripture down wrong. I'm doing. I'm on a roll today. Uh, 
Turn over to the book of Jude. The book of Jude. Jude 13. Raging waves of sea, foaming out of their own shame, wandering stars, to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. I mean, how dark can you can it be? I don't know if you've ever been. I, me and my wife, we uh, went to Mammoth Cave. It's been several years ago. And they did a demonstration down inside of the down in the cave of Mammoth Caves, and they said, uh, we're going to turn the lights out. Just want to see how dark it can be inside the cave. And when they turned that light out, I mean, you couldn't even see your own hand in front of your face. It was so pitch dark. And you can imagine what hell's going to be like right here in the book of Jude. He says, the blackness and darkness forever. That's pretty dark. It's a dark place. You won't be able to see total. It'd be total darkness. There will be no light. You will be able to see the light like we have the light today, because they're because uh, they're in total darkness. So what? Hell is a place of darkness. Hell is a place of fire. In Matthew chapter eighteen, Matthew chapter eighteen, verse eight. Matthew chapter 18, verse 8. He said, Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off and cast them from thee. It is better for thee to enter into a life, halt or maimed, rather having two hands or two feet, or cast into an everlasting fire. And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. It is better for thee to enter into the life with one eye, rather than having two eyes, to be cast into hell fire. Everlasting fire. You know, we think about the rich man in the book of Luke, uh, chapter 16. He tells us the rich man in hell. He lifted up his eyes, being in torment, uh, being in this flame, being tormented. Uh, it's a fire that's never going to go out. It's, it's, if you die and go to hell, you're going to burn forever. And, it's, and, it, and you're not going to get any kind of relief. And in the book of Jude, Jude chapters or Jude uh, seven, he said, "Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them, in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire." And I believe, you know, here in the book of Jude, he, he's he's pretty rough on what he says and describes in here. But suffering the vengeance of eternal fire, there's going to be no relief. If you die and go to hell, you're not. You're going to burn forever. And you say you're going to try. You're trying to scare me and all this stuff. I ain't, it can't scare nobody into into hell. You can't do it. I mean, it's between you and God. Uh, all I can do is share this word with you. Pray that uh, God may use it. Uh, the fire in hell is not quenched. It never dies down. It never goes out. And it is eternal fire. You know, you'll feel helpless. You know, you think about being cast into fire, cast into hell. And when you're cast into hell, you know, and, for, and I'm using this for an example. If you think of you being into a pool of water and you can't swim and you're just can't move, you can't do anything, you, you can't see, you know, and you, and the example of, of what maybe hell be like. But here in God's word, he says that, Eternal darkness and eternal fire, uh, the eternal fire. 
and, and there's nothing to hold on to. There's no life. Uh, life preservers, there's no one here to cry. You can't even cry out to, for any help because there's nobody going to be there to help you because total separation from God. There's nobody going to be there to help you. You're going to be on your own. And you're going to burn for eternity. Uh, hell is a bottomless pit. You know, in the book of Revelation chapter 20, Revelation chapter 20, in verse uh, 3, and it says here, When they cast him into the bottoms of the pit, and they shut him up, and they set a seal upon him, and that he should deceive the nations no more until uh, the thousand years should be fulfilled, and after that he must be loose for a little season. You know, that's where they cast the devil into the bottoms of the pit. I mean, it's, it's going to be bottoms, the total darkness and blackness and Never going to be able to see or hold on to anything. Hell is going to be a place of torment. Uh, Matthew chapter thirteen forty two. Matthew chapter thirteen, verse forty two. Go over here in verse uh, forty one. So the Son of Man shall send forth his angels. They shall gather out of his kingdom all the things that offend and them that which do iniquity and shall cast them into the, to, a fire, or to a furnace of fire and there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. So you just imagine, you know, a, a place of torment. Imagine what it would be like for all eternity. And, you know, hearing all the screams and, and I believe you'll hear all... If you had opportunities to hear the word of God and you keep rejecting, I believe you will hear those saying uh, that they'll hear messages. And it's just my opinion. But I think they will constantly hear where people are trying to, to tell them how to be saved and how they reject Christ over and over and saying, I wish I, I, wish I made a, a, you know, a change. Uh, the screaming, the screeching, wailing, gnashing, of the teeth, you know, there's going to be no comfort in, in in it. And the Bible says there is torment, torments in hell. Now let's turn over to uh, Book of Luke, familiar portion of Scripture, and chapter sixteen, Luke sixteen, beginning with verse nineteen. And I now use this scripture a lot, even when I'm at work. When I get an opportunity. So there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen, fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores, of desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments. He seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said unto the son, Remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. He is comforted, and thou art tormented. 
And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which could pass from hence to you cannot. Neither can they pass to us that will come from thence. But the rich man is in hell, being in torments, and he realizes when he lift in hell, he lift up his eyes, being in torments. You know, it's appointed unto man once to die, and after this is judgment. You know, if you die without Christ, you're going to enter hell instantly. And he's going to judge you on all the things. He said, I, and in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeing Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. But he said, have mercy on me. He can't, he can't receive mercy. There is no mercy in hell. There's no relief. There's no, no anything. There's no help. There's, no, there's nothing you can do. And he begged, and his first desire was a, was a thing of water. Just a dip his finger in water to cool his, cool his tongue. He said, for I am tormented in this flame. Hell is also a place of bondage. Matthew 22, verse 13. Matthew chapter 22, verse 13. Then said the king to the servant, Bind him hand and foot, and take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You know, you're not going to feel uh, free to roam around, do what you want in hell. You're going, to be, you're going to be bound. And you're going to be cast into the outer darkness. And there shall be weeping and gnashing of the teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. You know, I don't know about all these, uh, you know, and I pray that our sister church that still stands for truth still preach, preach on this subject on hell because it's important because we need to uh, warn people about what hell is and what it what it's all about and uh and we got all these other uh uh silly churches out here that don't preach nothing they don't preach no truth it's just a feel good uh come to church feel feel good uh make you feel good for the day or whatever and then you turn around you know if you die without christ and you have not heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, that you believe that He died for you and birthed for you and rose again according to the Scriptures, you know, they're not preaching that. They're not preaching out there. They just want their little glory. All they do is a feel-good uh, singing sessions, and that's about it. And there's no truth being preached. And But hell is a place that they are, are bound, and they cannot go anywhere. They cannot do what you just can't do anything you want. But then uh, turn back over to the book of Luke. I kind of got ahead of myself. Back to chapter 16. Hell is also a place of memory. You say, what, what, how are you saying memory? You know, Luke chapter 16, verse 27, about the rich man. Uh, he says here, and he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou would have sinned send him to my father's house. He said, I have five brethren that he may testify to them, lest they should come to this this place of torment. Here, I believe the rich man became mis- missionary. You know, he, he, he didn't want his brothers to come here. But it was too late. 
He done died. He done cast into hell. And uh, who who's going? You know, he sat there and he said, uh, he said, uh, they uh, Abraham said unto him, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And they said, Nay, Father Abraham. But if I went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he, and he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded through one rose, through one that rose from the dead. And that one only one that rose from the dead they never heard of was Christ. When he rose from the grave, they, they still reject him. They still don't believe him. And and, there, and what makes you think it, that, you know, Lazarus here, uh, the, what the uh, rich man asked, they, they wouldn't believe him anyway. But anyway, he become mission-minded. I believe the people in hell will hear every message that if they've heard the gospel, I believe they'll continue to hear it. You know, it's a, like Agrippa said, you know, almost persuaded to be a Christian. You know, in Acts 26, 28. Almost persuaded. When you hear that word of God, you know, and you think back, and you know that the Spirit of God is dealing with you, and you keep like, nah, maybe tomorrow. You know, you keep putting it off and putting it off. And one day, you know, you, you don't know when you're going to die. Not You don't know when you're going to die at all. Because it's a point where the man wants to die. And, uh, you know, if you if you die and you re, re, refuse to, that, to accept Christ and you die an hour later, you're going to split hell wide open. You know, and, and you say, well, you're being harsh. You're being on this on this subject, hell. But hell's for real, and and yeah, I believe you will remember every opportunity you had to be saved, and I believe you'll remember that. You know, if a rich man can remember and say, "Hey, send somebody to save my brothers," but it's too late. But once you die, it's going to be too late. Hell is a place of desire. Still in the same book, uh, chapter Luke, chapter sixteen. Uh, kind of got ahead of myself. It says the first desire of the rich man. That was to send Lazarus that he may drop, uh, get one drop of water to place it on his tongue. Just one little drop of water. You ever think about, it? like if you drink a bottle of water and you got one little last drop and it's real hot outside and you're just trying to get what you can to. And you just think about that rich man in hell trying to get one drop of water. Just one little drop of water. That's one desire. The man. The man is in eternal fire. He's in a furnace of fire, a lake of fire, burning for eternity. And he just wants one drop of water to, to scorch, uh, to, to uh, cool his uh, tongue. And how long would that last? You know, if you put a drop of water on a hot, con- sunny con- or on concrete on a hot day, and as soon as you dab it on there, it, it just gone. And just imagine somebody putting that on your tongue, you know. Like the rich man, he had a desire to see his brother saved, but it's too late. Hell is a place of destruction. Second Thessalonians chapter one. Second Thessalonians chapter one and verse eight. 
which we read earlier. He says, In flaming fire taking vengeance on them that know not God, and they that obey not the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. Everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord. What would you, how would you feel, say today, God was not there with you no more? How would you feel, you know, that God left you? You know, that, you know, you think about um, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on you, no, not God. Because they obeyed not the gospel. Who shall be punished in, with everlasting destruction? And you're not going to just burn up. A lot of them I talk to, you know, they say, well, I'll just burn up and be over with. You're going to burn forever. You're not going to burn up. You're going to suffer and you're going to die or uh, going to burn forever. In the pre- a destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. Total separation from God. Total darkness. You know, the Bible says in 1 John 1, 5, says God is light. In hell there's darkness. 1 John 4, 8, you don't have to turn to these. 1 John 4, 8, God is love, but there's total separation from God because there's not going to be any love. You know, in Romans 15, 33, God of peace, and there's going to be no peace in hell. You know, total separation from God. And I'll use this for example, and I'll tell you something that what happened to me one time when I was about seven or eight years old. And my folks, we was getting ready to go to the lake. We had, my mom and dad had a houseboat. We spent the summer over there. Well, he said, make sure you get your stuff together. We're going to leave. So they had to go do something, you know, and I was just, you know, kind of horsing around. I thought, when we get on my bike, I'm going to, I just took off down the old country road and we lived up in this hollow in this old dirt road, you know, and I was just sitting there minding my own business. Next thing I know, I done went out about two miles. Well, I come back, everybody was gone. I'm like, okay, I started to lose it. I'm like, I'll holler in the house. I hollered, no one, didn't hear no voice, no nothing. And run to my grandmother's house, no one home. I'm like, where is everybody? And I sit there, and then my dad finally come back. They were out looking for me, and they're like, "Where you know?" And which he scalded me pretty good for it, and you know, trying to find me. But I sit there. What I'm trying to use this for example, you know, total separation from God. When that's what it's going to be like. You ain't going to have. There's no mercy, no peace, no nothing. Total separation from God. And you're getting you're, the Holy Spirit, you know, you know, called the Comforter. There's not going to be no comfort. There's going to be no comfort at all in hell, and no mercy. When the Lord, there in Psalm sixty-two, twelve, it said, "O Lord, believeth mer, uh, belongeth mercy." There's going to be no mercy in hell. There's going to be no joy. There's there's going to be nothing but pure suffering, pain, and and agony. So who would be in hell? All those who reject Jesus Christ, those that refuse to listen, refuse to accept Him as their only Lord and personal Savior. You know, in Revelation 20.15, talks about the book of life. 
You know, if your name's not written in the book of life, uh, there's no hope. But they say, well, how can I be saved? How can I know the way? You know, in John chapter 14, we're, we'll be closing with this. John chapter 14, this is probably one of my favorite scriptures. John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He says, I am the way. He is the only way. He is the only truth. And He's the only life that can give you eternal life. He's the only way. And it's the only way you're going to get to the Father is through Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior. Without Christ, you are spiritually dead, dead in trespasses and sin, Ephesians 2, 1. And how can we escape such a great destruction of hell? Romans 10, 13, he said, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's so simple to be saved. And I pray the first one lost here this morning, that they may come to know Christ as your Lord and Savior. Because He's your only hope. I can't do it. Our church can't do it. It's a personal relationship that you have between you and God. And He will grant you repentance and faith if you only turn your life over to Him. As our song leader and pianist come, we'll give you this opportunity. If you're lost, if God has spoken to you, come and tell us about it.